Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dotson, pastor of JF Believers Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Matthew chapter 21. Verse 33 of our text, he goes on saying, Hear another parable. There was a man who was a master of a household who planted a vineyard, and he set a hedge around about it, dug a wine press in it, built a tower, leased it out to some farmers, and then he went away into another country. And when the season for the fruit came near, he sent his servants to the farmers to receive his fruit. The farmers took his servants, beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent another servant, or other servants, more than the first, and they treated them the same way. Now, Jesus herein is continuing in the same line of thinking, again with yet another parable. This one also is clear as to its meaning. The landowner in the story is God the Father, and the vine dressers are the children of Israel. The picture herein presented is that of a people who have been given everything, and they not only squandered it, but actually killed those who came to collect. They killed those who came to try to help them. Once again, one cannot miss the fact that God actually expects fruit from his investment. And once again, our flesh is so easily put off by that fact. After all, isn't it all about his love for us? I mean, his grace, his mercy, doesn't he actually do all the work anyway? (laughs) But our childlike cries can go on and on, but it doesn't change anything. Yes, God has blessed us because he loves us. But he loves them also. Who's them? All those who are out there who yet do not know him. He has clearly called us over and over to work to further the kingdom, to produce fruit worthy of repentance. You see, It's not about his love for me, but my love for him that is in question. If I love him, I will produce fruit for him. For many of us today, the story would be somewhat different. You see, when the servants came to collect, well, there would be no fruit because we simply were too busy pursuing a career and collecting enough material possessions to keep us from paying any attention to the vineyard. Going on in verse 37, it says, But afterwards he sent to them his son, saying, They'll respect my son. Ah, but verse 38 says, The farmers, when they saw the son, said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and seize his inheritance. So they took him and they threw him out of the vineyard and they killed him. When therefore the Lord of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those farmers? And they told him, He will miserably destroy those miserable men and will lease out the vineyard to other farmers who will give him the fruit in its season. So, in the story, the last person who is sent to collect is obviously none other than a picture of Jesus the Son. In a vivid prophecy, Jesus herein declares to those men what was coming. Yet knowing that fact simply did not deter him whatsoever. Jesus soon would march onward to the cross to take his place as both servant in the story as well as loving committed vine dresser. 
He was both the landowner seeking the fruit and the vine dresser which was bent on producing it. How long will those who profess to belong to him fail to produce any fruit? The scripture has reminded us repeatedly that a life reborn will be a life committed to the kingdom. It is not a matter of effort or will, but a matter of spirit. The alternative is also presented here for those who have attempted to take off or take of his bounty, excuse me, and not return fruit to the kingdom. Well, there is a faithful end because these people can only be seen ultimately as imposters. While God is not done with his chosen people Israel, even today, he has indeed leased out the vineyard to the Gentiles. That's us. What will we do with his vineyard? Verse 42, Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected was made the head of the corner? This was from the Lord. It is marvelous in our eyes, question mark. This chief cornerstone was rejected by others, but what about us today? Oh, I'm not talking about just rejected in salvation, but in lordship. Note the question mark at the end of the verse. With it comes the question of our lives. This was the Lord's doing. Is it marvelous in our eyes? Well, is it? If it is, profound changes in our lives will occur. If it is, the fruit, well, it will grow. Verse 43 says, Therefore I tell you, God's kingdom will be taken away from you and will be given to a nation producing its fruit. This was made a reality as Jesus passed the baton to the believing church. We would not want to receive such without understanding that the expectations upon us are no less than they were then, nor is the result of failure likely to be any different for us if we insist on going down that road also. Verse 44, He who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but on whomever it will fall, it will scatter him as dust. Such a life and a commitment shall be found by anyone who is willing to fall. In a world that is forever climbing and ever calling us to climb, God is calling us to fall. Salvation is not some sort of mental decision or intellectual assent, nor is it simply a direction like where one will live or where one will work. Salvation is a surrender, a falling upon the rock of Jesus Christ. Wrapping up in verse 45, it says, When the chief priests and the Pharisees, they heard his parables, they perceived that he spoke about them. But when they sought to seize him, they feared the multitudes because they considered him to be a prophet. Ah, I guess these guys got the message. Do we? That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim and JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.